0: Welcome, listeners. We're delighted you've joined us for so many episodes so far. As with all great cinema, we're dependent on wonderful sound. And unfortunately, on this episode, our sound didn't quite work. However, the content is cutting edge, our director is inspiring, and we didn't want the world to miss out on My Fair Lady and the Tramp. So we're releasing this bonus episode for our dedicated listeners. Welcome, and listening. as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. O.J. Rose famously said, the great director gives life to a work of art, gives it a heartbeat, a pulse, opens its eyes to the world. Well, today, I am delighted to be with the father of cinema, who has brought so many works of art into the world. From his heart to ours, he's made us laugh. He's made us cry and he's opened my eyes to the world. I'm Martina Minnow, and I'm joined today by none other than prestigious director, Argyle Cranston, here today to talk to us about his new film, My Fair Lady and the Tramp. Welcome, Argyle.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Martina. It's a, 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 a real a, a delight to be here.
0: I'm so delighted, and it's been a lifelong ambition to meet you. I can't believe that I'm with Argyle Cranston. Oh,
1: well, I, I, sometimes I can't believe it myself. I should have been dead years ago.
0: Well, thank heavens you're not.
1: <laughs> Quite, yes. I thank heavens every night when I'm praying. I pray to them and I pray to the doctors that saved me
0: and we're so grateful for them because, Argyle, this is your finest work, even if I do say so myself. Where did the inspiration for My Fair Lady and the Tramp come from?
1: Well, I suppose when I was uh, sitting in the hospital for the latest uh, stay, uh, I was was having a bit of a fever dream. Uh, I was on some very strong medication, I don't mind telling you, very strong. And um, it was giving me the most fantastical hallucinations. And really the inspiration came when a, a nurse uh, came uh, to offer me a, 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 a DVD to watch. And they offered me some some cinema classics. And I thought they offered me... Uh, I, I misheard her. She said, do you want to watch My Fair Lady or Lady in the Tramp? And I said, My Fair Lady in the Tramp? That sounds like a good idea. And then I had the most fantastic fever dreams involving Satan and uh, a, a soldier and a, 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 a strumpet from the
0: street. A strumpet from the street. Incidentally, my favourite role in the film. And obviously, I devoured it the moment it came out. However, not all of our listeners will have seen it yet. Could you give us a quick summary of the plot?
1: Okay, so... There is a soldier, and he is at war, and uh, he, a, a bomb explodes next to him. And, and all of a sudden, he wakes up in a hospital, uh, but then he's visited by an ethereal character who could only really be Lucifer. And he is offered a deal with which to, uh, to survive this, this terrible war and this terrible injury. And then uh, along comes a, a nurse who is a, just a, 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 a plucky young strumpet. Uh, who, who, she, I'm sorry, I'm getting terribly emotional at, at the at the at the thought of it. It was it was really a, a tremendous performance by, by Lydia. Uh, it was um, she is is sort of representing the the heavenly, and she uh, is trying to pull him away from from the devil's grasp and the temptations within, uh, whilst also trying to, to heal him. Uh, and that's the basic thing. It's a it's a duality of 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 uh, the heavenly and the infernal on the edge of death. Between a soldier, uh, yes. a nurse, and a uh, uh, a, a devil figure.
0: Uh, that duality of the heavenly and the infernal. What an exciting line to straddle, Argyle. Really, you do push the boundaries. Oh, thank you. We've got a clip from that very first moment where we see that lucky strumpet. We're going to play it for our listeners now.
1: Oh, my leg! I just don't know if I can make it anymore and Satan's deal is ever so tempting. I'm just a poor boy from the
0: East End. I don't want to die here.
2: Why excuse me, Mr Martins. I'm sorry to interrupt but I've got a bed bath with your name on it.
0: I don't think I've ever seen anything. You seem to be a cocker spaniel in a nurse's outfit.
2: Oh, thank you. That's by far the most flattering thing anybody's said to me while I'm working at my job and profession. Oh, Mr Martin, I like you. Sorry about the leg, but perhaps I could clean you. Yeah, please. Always look on the bright side of life. Oh, sorry. Sometimes I just marks the see.
0: There's just so much emotion in there, Argyle, isn't there? It's very palpable. How does it
1: feel to direct something so moving? Oh, it's it, it's it's so wonderful. I struggled not to get choked up just listening to it. I mean, Lydia did a fantastic job. And as for, I mean, Barry, oh, he isn't he a charm. Anyway, uh, it, 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 it felt wonderful directing it. Of course, I was on a, another set of medication at the time. So my memory does get a bit fuzzy, uh, but I, I'm I'm terribly proud of it. And it was tremendous fun to do. Oh, oh, we had fun.
0: I can tell, I can tell. I actually hear there was quite a lot of frisky fun on the set, Argyle. Um, Now, you are a distinguished gentleman, but I am an investigative reporter, and I never shy away from the truth. You've alluded to the wonderful Lydia quite a few times. Tell me, was there anything more than the director-actor relationship at play here?
1: Well, here's the thing about working in a cast for a long period. You find that you just clash emotions sometimes and, well, Lydia and I did get terribly close. And really, if you think that Lydia and I got close, well, Barry and I. Boy, oh boy. Barry and I, I mean, now that's a man.
0: Oh, Barry, he is a man. I was a little flushed myself when I uh, watched some of the scenes. Barry has spoken actually about you and his feelings for you. He uh, he posted a short video on Instagram live. We'll cut to it now. Uh, yeah, so I just want to um, you know, make a short video today. It's me, Barry McGiven. Um, if you're having these feelings like I'm experiencing now as a man of uh, 55, to have your first homosexual experience with an aged man who's nearly on his deathbed from several terrible illnesses. It's okay, and you should just embrace it and be who you want to be, be your authentic self. I mean, I just made a movie about falling in love with a dog nurse, so I think anything's possible. Um, yeah.
1: What a man! Oh, just watching him gets me positively turgid.
0: I can see, Argyle, and I'd ask you to kindly rein it in.
1: I apologise. My
0: eyebrows can only lift so far on my face. Um, being your authentic self, I want to ask, what is the real Argyle Cranston? I want you to tell me, what really motivates you, Argyle? What is your authentic self?
1: I don't know if you know this, but I'm a terribly old man. And uh, right at the early days when... When we were just coming out of silent films, and Alfie Hitchcock and I, and David Lean, we would we would sit down and uh, we would sit down at the club and, and, and talk things over. We would talk about the things that truly inspire us. Dreams have always been the the strongest uh, inspiration for me. Until we hit the 60s, and then largely hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, I, I must say, when the day I discovered uh, lysergic acid, I thought, my word. This is a fountain of inspiration, an engine of creativity, and I did rather a lot of it, uh, I'll be honest. And, um, and yes, that and obviously the sexual exploits that I've been going through ever since uh, I discovered lysergic acid has played quite a lot into it.
0: Yes, and Argyle, we have been through the annals at Cannes, and we do have a short clip of you discovering lysergic acid. Let's cut to...
2: All right, well, uh, bye, bye, Alfie. See you later, I guess. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's an interesting box of things. Oh, lysergic acid. Hmm, must be digestive. Uh, well, I've been having uh, a couple of rambles. Let's, let's give this a... <laughs> How long have you been there, large floating ragoon? Ah. Oh, you tricksy little Minx. Come into my arms, yes. Yes. Oh, we couldn't do that here. It's it's my sister's lounge. Well all right. All right, for just the once. Yes. Yes, rub your trashy little
0: hands all over my thighs. My, my. Argyle. I've never felt so connected with one of my guests before. I'm not saying it's comfortable, but it's real.
1: Oh, yes. It's it's more real than I can handle sometimes, I can tell you. Oh, the memories. Yes. You know, that raccoon left an indelible impression upon me. I think that's why, that's why the raccoon appears in this film as well, you know, I, in many ways I'm trying to come full circle in my career.
0: I did wonder that and the raccoon plays a very pivotal role in the hero's journey as the, as the mentor guiding, guiding them on their way and I did wonder whether that was linked to the, the presence of the raccoon in your lysergic hallucinations.
1: Have you been guided by the raccoon? Oh, yes. I've often considered the, the humble raccoon to be something of a spirit animal of mine. Uh, uh, often, I look at a, at a, at a trash mm. panda just rummaging through the garbage with his little thumbs, scrambling for any scraps that he can. It's a little bit like me with my ideas. You know, I gather across whatever latest flight of fancy and hallucination that I may have had, I throw it all into a bowl, and there you have it. You have a dog nurse nursing a soldier back to health while talking to the devil.
0: Then you may call yourself a trash panda, but you're not mining trash, you're mining gold, Argyle. Oh, you
1: are too sweet,
0: Mike. No, Argyle, I, I speak the truth. The, the mentor raccoon moment in this film, it caught me right in the heart. We're going to cut to it now, but listeners, be aware, this, this may be the wisest words you've ever heard. Oh, I don't know, raccoon. I mean, do I sign a deal with the devil to save myself, or do I follow my heart and take that dog nurse back to Whitechapel with me?
2: Yeah, Mr. Martins, this is certainly a very hard choice for you. Let me tell you some information so that perhaps will make this decision for you easier. I tell you, if you live your life surrounded by the trash of others, you will never have the chance to produce trash. Of your own. So you said I don't need to make my own trash. Yeah, make your own trash, you know? To rely on a dog nurse, is she not just another form of the Luciferian deal? You know,
1: I've never thought about it in that way. But I say, Hell hath no fury love woman
2: scorned. Yeah, exactly. Value you are welcome, you know? Make your
0: I think of you every day, Argyle, and I, I really feel those words. But speaking of trash, there's been a little bit of trash talking. Now, I don't like to bring up critics, but Vince Vicious has slammed your film. It's not comfortable to hear, Argyle, and I know that you are an aged and delicate man. Are you open to us playing Vince Vicious's rather brutal takedown of My Fair Lady and the Tramp?
1: Uh yes, go ahead. I am familiar with, with Mr. Vicious. Ah, uh, he and I have crossed paths a number of times. Go on then.
0: Okay, here's Vince Vicious's verdict on My Fair Lady and The Grand. One out
1: of ten. Lack of dogs, lack of cockney, lack of chocolate. I mean, these are just the ramblings of a crazy old man who was like a shit Hitchcock anyway. What the hell? And who sets a musical in the song? I mean, come on, what a load of nonsense.
0: called you there the Shit Hitchcock, which has started trending on Twitter as hashtag Shitcock. How do you feel?
1: That motherfucker. I have never, in my many years, never, ever been called a Shit Hitchcock before. Shitcock, maybe. Shit Hitchcock, nay. And I will say this, if Mr. Vicious thinks for a second, for a second, he could come up with the concept, the very concept of my fair lady and the, and the tramp, then boy oh boy, he and I should, should stand eye to eye with each other and really, really re-examine our priorities because that man, that man, that cat, how dare he, that cat, I would say to him, you are working toward a knuckle sandwich, my boy. Let me just take these painkillers and maybe a few steroids to maybe get the strength to stand up AND THEN I will show you exactly who the shit Hitchcock is, you pots!
0: My Argyle, you are still a spirited young man at heart and, well, I hope that knuckle sandwich tastes good, Vince I've been on the receiving end of his criticism before and believe me, it stings.
1: Oh, it will be good, all right. It will taste like justice and it will leave an aftertaste of relief.
0: Well, Argyle, I appreciate your response and know that our podcast will put you forward in the strongest possible light. A one out of ten is unthinkable. You'll be getting a ten out of ten from Martina Minow, that is for sure. Oh, Dandy, thank you very
1: much. I appreciate that.
0: Yes, yes. I have heard rumours, in fact, that you are planning your next endeavour. Can you tell us a little more about your next film?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, wouldn't you believe it, I got a telephone call from those marvelous people at Disney, or should I say, those lovely people at Marvel. And they'd like me to take on their next film. Now, they gave me a concept of one of their, one of their comic booking super heroes, but really I decided what they really need is a story of an old man who is terribly infirm and then takes uh, uh, some painkillers and, and some steroids and and brings justice to all the people that that like to waggle their fingers at him.
0: And I can't even imagine where you've drawn the inspiration from for that.
1: Believe it or not, it was, it was something, that I, I, something that, that I read as a child. It's, I think it's a C.S. Lewis novel.
0: I see so much of his inspiration in your work. Both fans of the drugs, aren't you? I see it, I see it. Um, what, what will this new film be called, Argyle? Have you got a working title?
1: It's called Grandpa Does Justice.
0: Oh, fantastic. And have you thought of a leading lady and a leading gent to star in this?
1: Oh, absolutely. I thought, I thought maybe Dame Maggie Smith for the leading lady would be fantastic. And for the, for the leading man, the, the eponymous grandpa doing the, the justice, the, the GDJ, if you like. I thought maybe we could just age up RDJ, make him look like, make Robert Downey Jr. look like a, an older version of himself. Uh, but if that doesn't work, uh... Oh God! Is Bernard Cribbin still alive? It's so difficult to tell these days. No, I know exactly who 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 should play him. Let's get Michael Caine in there before he goes. That would be marvellous.
0: Oh well. Wow. As you know, Argyle, I am supremely well-connected, and we have actually got Dame Maggie and Michael, and they're here to audition for you.
1: Oh, don't lie to me! Don't you! Don't you play with Michael! I
0: wouldn't dare lie to you. I wouldn't dare. I've got Dame Maggie and Michael Kane, and they're going to do a little duologue for you, ready to audition for Grandpa Does Justice Al. There's no pressure to cast them, obviously. This would be a career-defining moment for both of them but I know they want to knock your little white socks off, Argyle.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to take some acid right now just to spirit the thing along. Marvellous.
0: Yes, do tab up. Let's go. Okay. All right. Right, let's take it from the top, Maggie.
2: Happily. I say, Mr. Cranley, your fist looks... Awfully old today.
0: That's because I'm old as hell.
2: Well, I've seen a pile of bad guys outside, Mr. Cranley.
0: Let me take all my NHS prescribed pills and I'll go over there and I'll give him a prank in the arse.
2: What an excellent idea, Mr. Cranley.
0: Both experts in their field. What a performance that was, Argyle. I have to ask, will they be getting the part?
1: I must say, I could never say no to either of those sterling performances. I say, uh, they're most definitely getting the part. Oh.
0: It's such a joy to witness art being made right before our very eyes.
1: That's exactly right, Pigeon. Yes. <laughs> I think this just kicked in. I thought for a moment I was speaking to a pigeon.
0: Oh no, I've just got a very weathered neck, but thank you. Look, Argyle, we're coming towards the end of our interview and we have got the trailer for Grandpa Does Justice. If we have your permission, could we play the trailer?
1: My dear pigeon, please fire away before I die.
0: Argyle, I hope you never die. Let's play Grandpa Does Justice, coming to a screen near you soon.
2: In a world where grandpas are left to rot, grandmas are exalted beyond all reason, and grandkids,
0: well, they're just troublemakers.
2: But grandpa, what's gonna happen to you?
0: I don't know. All I know is I'm gonna go out there and force some justice.
2: One ancient, frail old man will save New York City.
0: Taxi? No one even stops it anymore for a grandpa. I'm going to sort this out.
2: Excuse me, are you the grandpa? In a world where grandpas can't get taxis, one man will punch his way to justice.
0: Listen, Mayor of New York, I'm going to punch
1: you until I get a taxi whenever I want one.
2: Sure. Oh no,
0: my nose! Listen, Mayor of New Jersey, I'm gonna punch you until I can get all the pills I need for a reasonable price.
2: Sure. Oh, my nose! (laughs) Coming to cinemas, home release, video Betamax, and silent movie this fall.
0: You're only supposed to blow the bloody Zimmer frame off. on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to see the grandpa does justice and I feel that he'll be punching his way to justice with a aplomb. Argyle Cranston, you have been such a delight to be with us. Do you have any final closing remarks for our listeners today?
1: Final closing remarks are as follows. Mr. Fisher, if you think for a second you're not getting away with this, just you wait. I will show you from the inside out how what it means to be a grandpa doing justice. I will take your back, curl it into a pretzel, and then
0: eat it. Well, Mr Vicious, it looks like it's going to be inside out and shaking it all about. Argyle Cranston is on the world path. Thank you so much, Argyle.
1: Thank you very much.
0: The Improvised Movie Director Podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Mino with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira. With special thanks to today's guest, Edmund Farger. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. Episode artwork by Marty Sears. Additional music by Stan Babich.